The interviews and discussions in this podcast are opinions only and not financial or investment advice. Listeners should obtain independent advice based on their own circumstances before making any financial decisions. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stock Insiders with me, Oriel Morrison. Now, today we're talking to Anusha Orbit, Head of Investor Relations for Farmost, an ASX-listed clinical stage biotech, the ASX code PAA. Anusha, welcome. Great to have you with us. Hi, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Now, you've been in the pharmaceutical industry for some years now in various roles. You've just joined Farmost not so long ago. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background. Yes, yeah, so I did a degree in chemistry and forensic science back in the day. <laughs> And I wanted to, so I pursued my, I guess, chemistry side of my qualifications and um, started out working in a chemistry lab and did that for a couple of years um, and then moved on to the oil and gas industry because it's quite lucrative at the time. Uh, did a lot of onshore, offshore work, so still using my chemistry background. Um, in that role. And um, you probably remember or not remember, there was a downturn in the oil and gas market. So, And I found an opportunity in the health industry with uh, pharmaceutical sales. So I was involved in a number of um, products then in the pain therapeutic area to heart failure, um, most recently with Novartis. So, and that was really, really an interesting role um, in terms of, I guess, helping patients with their therapies. There was, I guess, at the time, there was a restructuring of that company. And then I saw an opportunity to join Farmost and Epichem as well, which is a subsidiary of Farmost with their business development and investor relations. I guess blending my chemistry background along with my commercial um, and sales background. So I thought it was quite a nice blend, which is why I took up the opportunity to join the company. What was it about Farmost itself? So not necessarily from your background, but what was it about the company that made you sort of look at it and go, you know what, I would love to work for these people? I think um, for me, what I found Farmost uh, and um, I guess what they're doing with their lead drug candidate um, on Pentel is that they're repurposing something that's already existing and they see a huge opportunity um, in terms of the properties of Monopentyl in both in cancer um, treatment, which is a huge thing, I guess, uh, at the moment. You know, there's not many different type of therapies um, in the cancer space rather than, you know, the usual chemotherapy um, in both animal and humans. So I thought that was pretty interesting uh, reading their bio and um, while applying for this role, I guess which is what brought me to the company. So we're talking about Farmos, the company itself, recently making some, some progress in, in, in pushing Montepanel. Yes, yes. In canine cancer trials. So g- give us a, a bit of an update on, on Montepanel, first of all, and for those yeah. who, who've not heard of it before in any great detail, <laughs> and then tell us a bit of an update on your, on the cancer trials. Yeah, sure. So a bit of Farmos. So it's a clinical stage company um, that was developing or that is developing targeted cancer therapeutics. And as I mentioned earlier, their lead drug candidate is Monopentyl. So um, Monopentyl is already in the market for a number of years, and it's used um, as an anti-parasitic drug for um, livestock Um, and it's been in the market since 1994. So um, it is very effective in in that space. But what was found was that when these livestock um, that had tumors as well that was taking the drug, um, their tumors started to shrink. So they they saw an opportunity there and started investigating further. 
And um, it was found that monopentyl has, um, I guess, works on a pathway pathway called the mTOR pathway, um, which is a key in uh, governing both cell growth and proliferation in solid state tumors. So essentially, it shrinks. Uh, it's involved in shrinking tumor cells. So uh, I guess Pharma saw an opportunity in that space and decided to um, trial this um, molecule in uh, both the animal um, health and human as well. And currently it, there are several trials going on at the moment. Um, and ones that really exciting is in the canine space with uh, dogs that have um, B-cell lymphoma. And this is uh, this is exciting because it, what I didn't know, I have to be honest, uh, Nisha, is that um, cancer is more um, prominent or pre- prevalent, rather I should say, in dogs than it is in humans. So, so that yes. was an interesting piece of information which I didn't know about. Yeah. Um, but also you've recruited your first pet dog with a B-cell lymphoma in your um, canine trial. Yeah, so there are a couple of um, dogs that are recruited. So we are actually in um, phase two. Uh, phase two clinical trials with monopentyl in canine um, cancer. And it's already been shown that um, it is very well tolerated with with um, the dogs uh, with very minimal side effects um, and very beneficial to their qual- quality of life as well. So the current treatment for canine cancer, there's not many out there. So there's um, three different treatments. So one is euthanasia, so putting the dog down. Um, which is very traumatizing for the family, obviously. Uh, the second type of treatment is um, prednisone, which is a steroid, and um, it works on reducing inflammation with um, dogs with cancer. And I guess a lifespan for an average lifespan for that dog is around 50, 58 days. And the third option out there at the moment is what they call CHOP, which is chemotherapy. And like in humans as well, chemotherapy is um, nasty. It's toxic for the dog. So there is, I guess, no um, contact with family members when the dog goes through the, the therapy and very bad quality of life for the dog, as you can imagine. Um, and it's also very expensive. So it's about eight to $12,000 um, USD um, for the entire treatment. So there's not really many options out there. And um, that's where Pharmos saw the opportunity to trial monopentyl in um, canine cancers, and it's you know it's looking really good. And um, the average longevity f- um, of uh, dogs on monopentyl in the trial was around four to six months. So um, I guess you, you can imagine. I don't know if you're a dog owner yourself, Ariel. <laughs> um, I have two. I have two beautiful dogs. Yeah, you can imagine this. You know, gives the family a lot more time to spend with with your lovely. Um, dogs um, compared to, I guess, chemotherapy or even euthanasia. So, yeah. Mm. Okay. So um, from what I understand, and please correct me if I'm wrong, Vamas um, <clears throat> has started the FDA registration process. So um, can you give us a, a little bit of an update on that and what it actually means for the company? Yeah. So we are um, trying to complete phase two and moving on to phase three. So if you go onto our website, we are still recruiting dogs. So if you know anyone uh, or any dog owners that have, um, unfortunately, have a dog with uh, B-cell lymphoma, just head on to the website and um, and we would love to recruit them for the trial. But um, Farmos is actually in confidential discussions uh, with potential licensing um, partners uh, in this space. So um, I guess watch, um, look out for in the future, see, see what's happening uh, with Monopentyl. How are you fi- going finding the licensing partners? 
Um, it is quite, uh, it is confidential, so we can't really speak about that. But like I said, it is, there is a huge, huge opportunity in, in this um, therapy, therapeutic area. So there is quite a lot of interest um, in this. And uh, some of the board members, I guess, in Pharmos is having high level discussions with um, some potential licensing partners. What is the commercial opportunity here for Pharmos? Oh, billions, billions of dollars. <laughs> um, there are, you know, cancer is is quite prevalent, like you said, in canines, um, and yeah, there there is um, quite a large. And also, we are re like if you think back to what I mentioned earlier, we are repurposing a drug that already exists. So in terms of lowering costs, this is the way to go. Um, in terms of um, marketing a. Uh, a uh, inverted commas, new drug um, for for this therapy. Mm. Okay. So when do human trials start for MPL? Uh, human trials have already started. So another um, aspect of Modapento here is um, being evaluated in human cancer, particularly um, refractory metastatic cancer metastatic cancer, always have problems saying that word. Mm -hmm. um, and um, principal endpoint for this was to assess um, the safety of monopantol um, with these patients, and uh, which is the phase one of the trial. And um, it was really found to be well tolerated with minor adverse events. So there was a significant reduction in um, two key biomarkers associated with the disease. So Pharmos has already identified a principal um, investigator in the US um, to evaluate um, uh, the new monopental tablet in phase two cancer trials. So as a follow-up from the phase one, which was conducted at Royal Adelaide Hospital in 2014 or 2015, can't remember. Mm, mm. So um, let's talk about um, Epichem. Yes. It's the Ausfarm, 100% owned, uh, specialises in synthetic chemistry. Yes. What, what is synthetic chemistry? <laughs> Well, if you go back, it's kind of like cooking in the kitchen. So Epichem is um, uh, it's a contract research, what we call a contract research organization that um, specializes in, like you said, medicinal and synthetic chemistry. So um, I guess, you know, if you can think back to when you were doing chemistry in um, high school, uh, bench, bench sort of stuff, making new uh, molecules, new products um, on the bench space. So um, in terms of uh, really relating to organic chemistry. So we do a lot of, uh, we work with a lot of uh, pharma companies, small pharma companies, biotech uh, with their drug discovery pipeline. Um, so what we do is we collaborate with them. And um, once they found their lead drug candidate, for example, monopental in our case, uh, for, for that pharma company, we uh, make it for them um, and see, you know, test different various chemical properties and see if it's, it works basically um, from a very early on phase. Mm, okay. So what are you doing at the moment? What, what sort of exciting projects is Epicam working on at the moment alongside the partners that you were just talking about? Yeah, so we are actually working with Pharmos um, uh, with Monopental. So we're actually doing quite a lot of project management uh, from the manufacturing uh, side of things. So we we have a um, head of um, quality assurance here, Carol, that's her name. Um, she's working quite closely with the manufacturers um, in terms of uh, project managing their new manufacturing method. Um, so we actually have a unique capability 
um, where we can identify, you know, unknown substances or new substances that shouldn't be in the tablet uh, during the manufacturing stage. So we're doing a lot of consulting there, which is really exciting. Um, we also worked with, so the nature of how uh, our projects are set up is uh, it's it's confidential. So we can't talk, unfortunately, about a lot of the uh, drug discovery um work or projects that we're working on. But one that we can talk about is we have worked um, over for over 14 years with an organization, a not-for-profit organization called Drugs for Neglected Diseases Institute, DNDI, where their focus um, is on diseases that aren't, um, I guess, lucrative or covered by Big Pharma. So one of the diseases that we're working, working on is called Chagas disease, which is prevalent in um, Latin America and um, where, you know, how it works is that it's a parasite that lives on a beetle, I believe, that where if the beetle lands on the skin, it can leave that parasite on that person and can cause a lot of harm and over time lead to heart failure and death. So um, we worked really closely with DNDI over 14 years to develop um, the, the, their drug and um, had this, so in within the CRO industry, it is very rare or unheard of um, where we worked with them for over 14 years. So that, that speaks to itself of how it became um, with their customer relationship, uh, customer relationship and how we work um, with the quality uh, that we put out as well. So that, that's really exciting. Yeah, that is a very, very interesting project. How do you fund these projects, Anusha? When you're looking at something, you're talking about a 14-year relationship. I mean, that's a, I mean, obviously, I'd imagine have numerous aspects to it over the years, but how do you fund them? Yeah, so in terms of the um, DNDL from there, and they're a not-for-profit, so they get funding from various parties, um, both from, I guess, from, it could be from anywhere from government level to private um, equity firms. But in terms of us, we do have, we're actually the top, um, one of the top um, employers for, Australian employers for PhD chemists. Um, and uh, we've got a, a absolute stellar team here on working um, on some of these projects. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Anusha, it's been great to chat today. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. No, thank you, Oriel. Thank you for this opportunity. And that's all we have time for, for this edition of Stock Insiders with me, Oriel Morrison. See you next week with more. <laughs>